I wanted to ask about moments that you've enjoyed most out of your podcasts and and were there terror moments that you thought this is all going wrong or I've invited the wrong person or that goes quite nicely with a question of you know that Ben asked about what advice you'd give to people so Ariel Rob, I was you... not a bad guest before you start <laughs> Rob have you got one that springs to mind uh, let's see a good one or a bad one because I've got plenty of bad ones I think <laughs> like something that's really kind of resonated amazing or terrible I would say the uh, when I did my first solo episode, I was I was pretty happy with it actually when I got done. And then I had uh, about a week later, I had another podcaster message me and tell me that that they really enjoyed it, like out of mm-hmm. the blue, like nobody that I really like, not like a friend thing, but like some total stranger. And I was like, oh man, that's oh that's mm-hmm. incredible, you know, because I was nervous about doing a solo episode and. Uh, I went through and did it and it worked out pretty well and on the other hand of that i had a a guest i talked to a guest and it didn't go very well at all like it was i, I, don't, I just think we weren't really clicking very well mm-hmm. you know it was one of those deals where i would i would ask a question they would give like a one word answer oh. and then there would just be mm-hmm. silence you know I, I i did it and then i was like there's no way in hell that i'm gonna let people listen to this because this is just this is uh. not good and it was also later at night uh, I have a three-year-old. We have a three-year-old daughter, my wife and I. So I usually do this when she's napping or when she's asleep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't leave a lot of time for, you know, podcasting. Mm-hmm. And, but I contacted them again, and they agreed to do it again. So we did it again like about two weeks later, and it was much, much better than it was the first time. So, it, you know, it's just they, they, that just kind of happens, I, I think, with sometimes either don't click with the person or it's just bad timing. And they had been really busy with other stuff going on too and it was kind of a it was like really late for them so it just you know it was one of those deals you kind of have to think about it and re-rack it you know um mm-hmm. so th- those two probably stick out so far Ariel, if you rob, how did you feel bet, contacting yeah. that guy sorry can i just ask rob something on that rob how did you feel contacting yeah. that guy again because you'd obviously had this quite stilted conversation that been i mean i know you said you quite like to have some silences in in your podcast but, but it sounds like there's more silences than you wanted on this occasion what made you yeah. decide yeah there is potential here let's give it another go rather than just let the whole thing move, you know disappear well i think that you know it's for the silences like I like you know just as part of a natural conversation you know uh, taking you know I don't I don't really I didn't want to edit out like every space between sentences and stuff I just wanted to sound more natural but I think with this is I was I was um, I, I felt that there was something there and it would it would be a good interview and plus something that I considered is you know not everybody this person's not a podcaster so it may be difficult for some people to talk as much as we do or be able to just talk together, you know. So, so I kind of re- went back and rearranged, w- did, did some different kind of notes, and I opened it up more to, to them. And I said, you know, before we get started, what's, what's like two things that you could really talk about a lot? And they told me. And so about the first 15, 20 minutes, we bitched about COVID and, and uh, the political landscape, which we could go on for hours about that, but we didn't, didn't want to do that. And then we kind of got into that kind of stuff. So instead of me trying to drive it, I let them kind of drive it. 
and then it started picking up and then it started kind of working that way you know it was much easier uh because i think sometimes like just because you do something for a living doesn't mean that you want to sit and talk about it so i kind of took i think i took the wrong approach instead of trying to talk about what they do for a living i should have talked about what they're actually interested in and so that was a learning point for me and it went a whole lot better this much much better the second time so you know and i and i when i went back i said look i don't i don't think i did a very good job would you please my would you mind doing this again maybe in the next couple weeks and they said yeah sure you know so it, it it worked out has anyone got any more horror for some reason, I think, Ariel, you've got something up your sleeve, though. Have you got any horror stories or any... Uh, I think you've had some great uh, moments um, as well. Have we got popcorn? Here we go. Yeah. Oh, boy, uh, where to begin? Um, so, um, OK, I'm going to start with the, with the good. <laughs> I have uh, a little bit of a reputation in a couple of the groups that I'm actually really close with on on Twitter of being a bit of a storyteller um, because of the strange, wild, and bizarre things that happen as a result of podcasting. Um, but, yeah, I, um, uh, I, I think one of the biggest highlights for me, one of the very, very first things that was like, oh, my God, is this real life, was um, when I reached out to do an interview with um, Nikki Wisensee Egan, who is the investigative journalist who broke the Cosby scandal. Um, oh, yes, I heard something. That was great. Literally wrote yeah. the book on the case, yeah. uh, Chasing Cosby. She also has a podcast of the same name, and I heard her um, partaking in uh, a podcast called Real Crime Profile with um, former FBI um, profiler and former New York prosecutor Jim Clemente, um, along with um, former New Scotland Yard behavioral analyst Laura Richards, who now runs Paladin National in the UK. And um, Lisa Zambetti, who is a casting director um, for Criminal Minds. Anyway, they had her on. They were talking about Chasing Cosby. Um, and I just was like, oh, my God, I would love, 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 love to talk with her. But I was terrified. I didn't feel like I could reach out or whatever. But I, I tweeted something at Laura Richards just because I think the world of her um and it was relevant to something that was going on and nikki responded on the thread and then she started following me on twitter and when that happened i decided you know what i'm i'm gonna do it i'm gonna reach out and sure enough a week later i was interviewing her for malice and i was just thinking oh my god this is a person who has spent time with two two of my real life heroes Jim Clemente and, and Laura Richards and um, and now I'm talking with her and I'm interviewing a person who you know has interviewed people as a big part of her living for a really long time so that was a really big moment for me um, I think probably as far as podcasting and true crime and all that goes the biggest 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 thing that's ever happened to me was on Thursday on my birthday um, aside from the hundred thousand um, uh, downloads which was just again like I mean I get teary when I think about it it's just amazing to me but um, 
that aside, John Douglas, um, the FBI, former FBI, FBI or retired FBI profiler who uh, is responsible for Mindhunter, the show on Netflix, he was one of the two original um, profilers who really kind of put together that art and created the behavioral science unit slash behavioral analysis unit um, for the for the Federal Bureau of Investigations here in the U.S. Uh, he he wished me happy birthday on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, I can't. What's up? What's up? What's <laughs> and of course, I sounded absolutely ridiculous in response. But um, you know, that's par for the course. Uh, as far as horror stories, I get lots of really strange listener messages. <laughs> uh, this is what I was angling for. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly what it is or why, um, but I get everything from people telling me that, like. I sound like I'm operating a sex hotline when I do my narratives, which is like, ew, um, to like all kinds of pictures and videos that I assure no one wants to see, um, you know, and then, but I think my favorites are the ones where people will write in about literally about their sexual fantasies. And there is some very, very strange and often disturbing things that they talk about. <laughs> why do you... Not that you don't engender, obviously, sexual fantasies. However, why do you think that they write into a true crime podcaster with that? I I think that there is... Um, okay, from, from a psychological and sociological standpoint, um, I think that there is... Um, a part of true crime that is is um, it, it's like the closest to danger you can get without actually standing to get hurt. Okay, mm-hmm. so in that way, it's sort of a surrogate risk-taking behavior, and I think people who do have more of a propensity for risk-taking behaviors tend to be people who are more um, sexually driven a lot of times. Um, you know. To take it to an extreme, people who are psychopathic, for instance, have a much lower, um, or I'm sorry, a much higher level of serotonin and dopamine than most of us. And so it takes a lot to get them to feel the same type of pleasure that we would get out of maybe eating a piece of chocolate you know, or having a nice hug, they need to like set things on fire or they need to have, you know, um, rough sex or they need you know what I mean like that's where we see a lot of them escalating in violent behaviors so um, it's just kind of on a lesser scale people I think who are are um, sexually driven and people who are a little more adventurous and often that does translate into sexual proclivities does it ever get to you when you get emails like that um, or any other stuff that you think well, today it's got to me <laughs> this may sound ridiculous, but I usually just respond with thanks for listening. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think you'd respond. That's very kind of you. How yes. cordial. I could see I could see you really enjoyed it. Thank you for listening. <laughs> there, there are occasionally people who will say like I get it if they're like, Wow, I like your voice or I really like your show and I've seen your picture, whatever. Like fine. You know, but people who have written in occasionally the ones that really bother me bother me i mean the whole culture is kind of gross but like the people who really bother me are the ones who write in they're like 
you know, here's what I'm doing while I'm listening to your show. Yeah. And it's like, mm. I'm, I really don't know what it is about violent, gruesome, oh, horrible tragedy mm. is getting you all hot and bothered, but get help. You know, I mean, that's yeah. that's where I am on that. I just feel like it's sick. No, anyway, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, there's a bunch of weirdos out there. Period. Mm. So, mm. I do have a question. I have a question. Can I, can I ask a question, Victoria? Please, please ask a question. I'm the ringmaster. It's terrible. I hate it. You, what? No, I, I, you hit me with that tiny guitar back there. If I talk to you, it's a ukulele. Would, why do you guys think so many women do true crime podcasts? Mm. Shanti, you want to take this one? Yeah, because we've spoken. You've spoken to me about this before. It's partly because, well, it's a safe danger thing. Like just like Ariel said, it's um, something we're all very interested in because we can explore darker fantasies without any risk. And you know mm. that darker side of humanity will always be intriguing. The whole call of the void we all have that so i think it plays into that I, yeah that makes sense i mean when i was a cop if like people would ask me all the time uh there was a cop car you know what was going on you know they always want to know and and because like uh, what ariel said it's like you get to be close to this gruesome thing but you're not anywhere near it. you're not like right mm -hmm. there but you are close to it so i was just curious about that because i feel like most all true crime at least the independent true crime podcasts I think are mostly all women so I just thought that was interesting actually I think there's another component to it um, if you don't think that I'm like just a complete windbag by this point um, you know women are most most commonly the victims of violent crimes in particular um, mm -hmm. and I think because of that there is a fear that's instilled in women and by listening to these stories by listening to survivor tales by listening to um, you know the the emos and things to be prepared prepared for or aware of or vigilant of it's sort of taking a virtual ownership over that and it makes us feel safer um, it's kind of it harkens to um, terror management theory our fear of death is what drives us to learn all the things that we can to avoid it does that make there's, sense there's also a point of as somebody who was a victim of you know a very bad period in my life I was it was very violent and for me true crime podcast it was not a place where I could kind of it's, it's a weird thing to be somebody who is getting beaten but then going into something so dark and violent and that being the place where I felt safe and I could listen to it was more the fact that knowing there was empathy there mm -hmm. for the same kind of situations I was in Mm -hmm. And it helped me escape safely. I learned a lot from sense. True Crime Podcasts. It does make sense. Am I alone in thinking that? That you've got a safe place out of a yes. dangerous mm -hmm. well, experience. It makes me think there are, there are many women, and this is really counterintuitive to a lot of people who haven't been through this type of experience. It makes a lot of sense to me as a sexual assault survivor. Um, mm -hmm. But many, many people, both women and men who have been sexually assaulted um, often when they return to um, sexual intimacy with their partners will actually like to engage in rape fantasy and the reason for that is it's a reclamation of that experience 
So, Mm -hmm. you know, I think people who have experienced crime can listen to true crime much the same way that Chantel was just talking about as a way to empathize with these people and and feel empathized with, but also just to to feel that belonging that, you know, it's it's not just about what happened to you, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I that's that's kind of one of the ways that I look at it is is you know having been through what I've been through. Um, you know, there's 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 a security in being able to dive into that violence, that depravity, all of that, without fearing. You also get to understand it mm-hmm. so much more through mm-hmm. other people's experiences. So having things like True Crime Podcasts where you can hear other people's stories it does help you understand your own. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I don't I don't think that's uniquely female. Mm-hmm. I think Robin answer to that though, we've we've got quite a lot of male I mean listenership, mm-hmm. certainly. That it it's not um, very clearly dominantly female mm-hmm. to use a weird expression but um yeah and i think that those one of them wrote in that and it resonates with this they like to explore what the human kind of repertoire and gamut is and everybody i think chantelle you said that it's kind of it's about the outside the norm Mm -hmm. you know it's just like you know we have we have small children Mm -hmm. they explore what they can and can't do and i think people often you know you kind of go out and you think what would happen if i did everybody has that kind Mm -hmm. of trying to keep Mm -hmm. on to your own path i mean within the the victim and the crime aspect i think there's also that sort of what happens if Mm -hmm. and everybody's thinking about that kind of every day maybe i won't turn up to work today see what happens i'll just kind of you know go swimming or i'll you know, and it's just a more extreme forms of mm-hmm. human behaviour. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, maybe it's all sort of a way to escape your life a little. Mm-hmm. I think podcasting's a really good way of doing that, and I think people really need to do it. It's a huge... Life is a huge pressure quite often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it becomes more pressured when you podcast. <laughs> 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 but um, does anyone want to answer more on that one? I wanted to ask just a, maybe lastly, because I, I think we should probably be tying stuff up, just where you stand on, on making a living from what you do and how you feel about the pressure with having to monetize your podcast and what, because all of us agree that our content is king. Oh, right. But we have to live. Right. How do you, well, Robert, I don't know if you want to answer first, how do you balance sure. that? Uh, I think that that's always a question that comes up because, uh, you know, people, I think some people do see it as a, as either a, a, like a side hustle, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so to speak, or and then some people see it as a, oh, I'm going to do this for a living, do it full time. But I think like anything else, you know, that's not an overnight thing unless you already have some sort of celebrity name attached to yourself. Right. Uh, I've never, I haven't monetized anything yet. Um, I probably have a very <laughs> close-minded opinion of it, but for me, I when I think about that, I think about all the stress and pressure that comes with money. Right. Mm. And, and I'm fortunate enough. And I know a lot of people have lost their jobs because of COVID. And so they, they, they're like, well, I'm gonna start a podcast and maybe try to supplement some income or, or whatever they may do. Cause I've, I've heard people talk about that, but I still have a, a job, a full-time career, thankfully. Mm-hmm. And so to me, podcasting is like a, is like a respite from that. You know, it's like a break from that. It's like a, and and even though I, I do love podcasting, I don't want to spend all of my free time podcasting mm-hmm. because I do have uh, 
you know, a family, a wife, a three-year-old that's uh, like a, <laughs> you know, very busy, obviously. And so I try to balance it. And like you talked about, you know, trying that life balance is always very difficult. One thing going into my second year here was uh, I established a, a I'm going to record on the same night every week where I didn't have that before mm. to be help me be more consistent. I think that helps, you know, with planning mm-hmm. and stuff. But I, I think, you know, to me, if if something at some point came, came, you know, some opportunity or something, I would I would maybe consider it. But for me, I just want to be able to focus on the content and focus on just having, you know, having fun and getting enjoyment from it mm-hmm. and being able to interact with people. You know, I think I think if you put that first, those things may come a little later, you know, but, I mean, but that's just my opinion. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, everybody's different. That's great. Chantal, it's you now. Oh, is that? Um, <laughs> I seriously didn't want to do any kind of monetization for at least a year, if I ever got to a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I did put on ads recently um, just to see what it was like and how it would feel in the podcast because I don't want mid-roll ads where it would break up the story or mm-hmm. anything like that. It is very weird because I don't want to profit off this. Mm-hmm. It's, it's kind of odd, but you know, there is so much work that does go into it. And I am a single mom. I am self-employed. I foster, I don't have much free time. This is kind of what I do to relax. Mm-hmm. So people keep asking me, where's your Patreon? Where's like your merchandise? I want to support you. And that's how I'm trying to take where I want to do the monetization. Like, if you want to, then by all means. But I don't want to fill like my episodes with loads of ads or anything like that. Mm. I think if somebody wants to help me out with a bit of money for doing the podcast, then fine. But yeah, it's very odd. I feel really rude. <laughs> it's very British. I feel very rude asking for money. <laughs> Oh, I don't know, but that's what I'm I'm sort of asking that does it get to a point where you think, okay, even if I feel rude, I need, as you say, it's so much work and you've got to live and also you've got to kind of balance. You don't want to take anything out of your personal life mm-hmm. without seeing any kind of reward for mm-hmm. it. Because you don't work for free. Nobody works for free. Yeah. It's one of those things that I've kind of, it's something I've had to try and get over, mm-hmm. like the whole, no, I am actually creating something. If I was doing this for... A client, I'd be charging a hell of a lot more right. than what advertisers give podcasters, and there's a massive issue with that. There is a massive mm-hmm. issue with how advertisers treat podcasters. Mm-hmm. You turn around and say, "Oh, there's twenty-five like dollars per thousand listens," mm-hmm. but that's not a lot. Mm-mm. Yeah. yeah, I've been asked to join a couple of networks mm-hmm. along the way, and I've always politely declined. Just because uh, I don't like to feel like anybody else has a say in, in what I yeah. do, mm-hmm. you know, and because there's also that part of that, I think. I think you give up a little bit of control, probably. And, you know, I just, you know, I, if I was, if, if someone, and also I'm like, well, if I have a Patreon, I think, what am I going to do extra that somebody's going to want to pay to want to listen to? Because, I like what I do currently mm-hmm. and I feel like what I do currently is what I, is what I could do, you know? Mm-hmm. So then again, I'm like, well, you know, cause like for like this year, I'm going to start doing video and I'm gonna do some live shows too, where I just go on YouTube live and talk to people, chat with people. Mm-hmm. And 
someone told me you should, you should do that on Patreon. I was like, no, 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 no. I don't want to do that because then like nobody will watch it because it's, <laughs> it's three dollars. Nobody's gonna give me three dollars for that. If you want to send me money, just send it to me. I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. But I, you know, yeah, I just, I just think that, you know, I, I do feel weird about it too. But I think just focus on the content and moving from there, and then. If it grows and if it happens, it happens, you know? Mm -hmm. I have a very similar mindset uh, in terms of reasons to not have advertising on Malice. Uh, I don't I don't mind so much on... I have a couple other uh, podcast projects that are just more, more <coughs> hobby, honestly. Um, they don't involve the research and stuff. They're just reasons, really, to get together with my friends and, and you know, converse and laugh. And, um, but... Malice, there's a gravity to it um, that I feel by commercializing it somehow, um, it's it is disrespectful. Um, you know, I'm talking about people who've lost lives, people who've lost loved ones, um, people who have suffered, people who will suffer for the rest of their lives. You know. Um, it's it's not a great situation and to make money out of something like that feels really gross to me um however i don't blame anybody who does monetize because i'm in a very privileged position that uh, my husband has you know maintained gainful employment he has a good job with good benefits um, and so I, I've, I've never, I mean, within recent years, I mean, we were broke college kids at one point, but, um, you know, in recent years, I've been very fortunate that though I have worked, I haven't needed to. Um, and so since the quarantine and all of that started, I've really just devoted myself to podcasting full time. And um, it is my, uh, really my primary source of income at this point in time. Um, but basically, I, I didn't feel like I was worthwhile enough, uh, big enough, successful enough to start a Patreon until I was about nine months in. And um, a friend who's also a podcaster and much more seasoned than I am kind of gave me the, the, kind of the shake that I needed, you know, like get some sense knocked into me kind of deal, um, where she said, Ariel you don't know who's out there who wants to support you and wants to support your show and by not having an avenue for them to do that you're taking that choice away from them you let them decide if they want to support you and i just said okay then i'm gonna start it and i did within a couple days i think i had it launched and um it's only been up for a very very short time but i get at least a few patrons a month new um you know and people that i haven't even expected i've had other podcasters become patrons <laughs> so it's kind of it's kind of wild just thinking you know and if there's nothing else that you can do if you can't offer any other content i mean rob i would encourage you to put up a patreon and just have it just be mm -hmm. a baseline dollar three dollar five dollar whatever and just be like it's it's a donation it's a tip if you want to yeah. support the show you know so you don't have to put a bunch of extra stuff or you can make special announcements there or whatever shout out the people mm -hmm. who join but you know i mean give them the opportunity to support you if, if you want i mean and you can go the merch route too um one of the things that's been really important to me is uh 50 50 percent of all of the malice merchandise on either of my merch sites is um donated to um 
Black Lives Matter or ending the backlog of 400,000 untested rape kits in the United States. Um, and that's ongoing. So um, that was a, re a big reason why I started Merch. And I think one of the reasons that my Merch does fairly well is because people are like, oh, cool, I get a shirt and I'm helping with this mm -hmm. cause. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, all those little things count and they add up. So um, mm -hmm. I'm not rolling in piles of filthy podcast money or anything, but... <laughs> 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 I don't know whether podcasting has to catch up to where YouTube is now, where the people that do stand out, that in YouTube world, mm -hmm. it's very easy to get those advertisers. It's very easy to make money out of it. Mm -hmm. But with podcasting, it's not like that. And it's very, very odd. You're trying to say, look, here's my content, but I need to be able to live as well. Right. Mm-hmm. And advertisers don't want to give money up. And right. how do you separate, how do you push yourself forward and be like, oh, no, no, I deserve to, you know, be sponsored by you in a way? Mm -hmm. Well, it's also coming into it from a way, as Rob mentioned, with um, a celebrity <coughs> endorsement, which is there. You've got it. You know, mm -hmm. someone's going to be behind that. Their agent's going to be there. They're going to talk to somebody. They're going to be pushing the person. Mm -hmm. But we're coming from a different avenue so what you know where, where can you kind of it, it, and there are lots of there's lots of competition as well mm -hmm. so it's hard it's hard but um, everybody seems to be managing it's it's trying to balance that with ethics though mm -hmm. i mean um you can't always do it but i think true crime is a bit of a difficult customer with that because the ethics are so there mm -hmm. aren't they mm-hmm um, but yeah, just just lastly, what what have we got coming up? Oxygen's Crime Con. Oh, fantastic! Okay, okay, congratulations, good for you. Uh, when I got the email, I thought <laughs> I, when I got the email, I was like, oh, is this a joke? Like, <laughs> they emailed the wrong person because like I'm me, um, and they were like, no, no, we want you, and I was just like, oh, okay then. That's amazing. I'm so excited. How's it going to work? Um, they've got a venue. It's um, a weekend job, so it's the twelfth and thirteenth of June next year. Um, but tickets will be refundable if obviously this hasn't gone away by then. Um, but everything seems fine, and I've even got a promo code and things like that. And I was just like, oh wow, <laughs> I feel <Amazing>. important. <laughs> <laughs> you have to accept that you're important. Mm -hmm. You have to accept it. Yeah. Wonderful. Yay! So that's, that's so that's really great. Okay. Okay. Ben, you get, Ben, are you going to do the edit for us? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how. Well, <laughs> you need to learn to edit. Fine. Oh. No. <laughs> yeah. Then you can do mine. I hate editing. It's like the bane of my existence. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking Rob a leaf out of Rob's book. <laughs> yeah, just going to chop, chop it, chop and tail it. Brilliant. Um, yeah. I also just wanted to know. This is just a yes or a no, really. Who listens to their own podcast? I mm -hmm. do. Oh no, I don't. I, you don't? Okay. I, nah, not really. The, the only one I've listened to back is that police one that I did, mm -hmm. and that was only really? like recently, after a couple yeah. weeks, because people were commenting, were messaging me about it a lot. So then I was like, well, I don't really... Let me go back and listen to this thing to make sure right. <laughs> I got my ducks in a row here. Because sometimes you know, when you do... I mean, I talk for like an hour and 15 minutes straight. And then when I got done, like my mind was like 
men in black like erased like i didn't remember mm. hardly anything i said which was very mm. odd but so yeah i went back and listened to it, but i don't listen to all of them no i i mean i get it done and then you know i'll trim like the little ends off of the track mm-hmm. and then uh just let it go so okay and i think i interrupted asking if, if anyone has got anything sort of coming up that you wanted to mention as well mm. sort of what's for the future type of thing well, as well if you I want was, to just run away i was i was <laughs> going to have some big things happening but um it's covid has kind of put uh, the kibosh on that um but i i would like if if it's okay to plug uh, my patreon for just a minute just a particular episode on it and what's yes. Uh, this is the that's what I wanted to do as well. Great. Yeah, go okay. Ahead. So um, if you want to support Malice, you can go to patreon.com slash malice pod. This month all Patreon proceeds are going to end the backlog in the honor of Rhonda Stapley. And Rhonda mm-hmm. Stapley, I did an exclusive interview with her um, that came out September 15th. She is uh, the only known survivor of serial killer Ted Bundy's who actually went through the extent of his attack in the woods. Um, She escaped basically by tripping into a river when he went to get something from his car. And um, she's extraordinary and amazing. And um, basically she uh, has pulled her books um, from the shelves, you cannot get them anywhere else except uh, if you pay for the $10 tier on my Patreon, you will get a signed copy from her, um, and it's not available anywhere else. So if you want her story in writing with her signature, then that's the only place you can go. And when's the interview with her coming out? It actually already came out on September 15th. So, right. uh, but like okay. I said, all proceeds this month um, from merchandise and Patreon are going towards in the backlog uh, on her behalf. So, okay. Yeah. Great. It's amazing. It's amazing. I'm glad you said that because I knew I idea marked it to listen to. So I'll have a look now. Oh, also, right, also well, can I can I just plug yeah. something else real quick? Because um, it depends what it is. <laughs> No, that's it. One plug. That's it. Isn't sex toys? So Chantel's the one who actually put together the video for oh. the interview. So wow. Yeah, yeah. I had um, we had quite a few hiccups the first part of the the interview, and Chantel just expertly put it together and created sort of right. a, a documentary style. Like there would be slides that come in with images that had to do with the story, et cetera. And um, it just turned out beautifully. Everybody's had wonderful things to say. So I just wanted to, you know, cool. yeah. give oh, my girl a love too. <laughs> That's so amazing when it comes off, when you think, can I do this? I think we all know that. <laughs> Moment. <laughs> so great. Oh, how exciting. Okay. I was going to say, I've got more things to plug if that's all right. Oh, sorry. Can I plug some more stuff? I've got so much going on right now. Um, (laughs) I know you have. Make it quick. (laughs) Right, okay. Right, so um, Rob Knox was a victim of a... He's a murder victim, but he was a Harry Potter actor. Um, And there is a documentary called The Rob Knox... Uh, film and me Steve from True Crime Fix mm-hmm. and Emily from Students Verdict we are joining together to do a 
triple podcast on it we're all taking a different slant so steve's going with the personal obviously emily's going because she is currently doing criminal defense at Mm -hmm. university so she's taking the court side and i'm taking everything else wow so we're going to be doing that and that's going to be released that's this october amazing fantastic in october yeah okay so apart from that i'm not going to be bored you guys around, I can't be bored. That's good. Is that Wonderful. is that is there something else? No, that's it. Because <laughs> I think Crazy. Ben needs a wee. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> right, no, I've been doing it in a bucket down here. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I want to say like keep doing what you're doing because you've all inspired me. That's why you're here. So thank you very much for for joining in and sharing your your thoughts and your really you know. Every single, every single person here, when I hear you talk, you're talking to me, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, it's very, that's like, that's, it's amazing. Talking your really. kind of language. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. So um, I just, I hope that counts for something. Oh, Victoria and Ben, I absolutely adore your show. And I have to tell you, when I first came upon it and I just thought, oh, this looks really interesting. Uh, after reading the description, I started listening in, and then I got to an episode where you were like, our friend Chantel from Lady Justice and I about <laughs> hit the ceiling, and I was like, I knew you I liked them. Me, you text me immediately. I actually have a listener, she's called Hayes, and she listens to you guys as well, and she messages me every single time you that I mention it. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, Hayes. But she starts a podcast soon, so I'll make sure that you guys speak, because because I think you'd love her and oh, she yeah. already loves you, so. Well, cool. I've become a complete groupie of all of you and I love Rob's reaction to all of my gushing stuff that I've sent him. It's like, okay, cheers, Rob. When I get yeah, the email thanks, for cheers. this, I, 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 when I get the email for this, I'm like, I don't I don't think this is meant for me. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think she's got the wrong fat drug and stupid. I think this is just something wrong. But no, yeah, I, I think you, all you guys are uh, do great very inspiring i mean just really just uh everybody offers something different i think and it's just really neat to be able to actually talk to talk yeah. to people you know and connect with people mm-hmm. so it's really important to me and I, I really appreciate uh being able to hang out so it's, it's really cool. it's so surreal uh, it's so much more it's difficult yeah. with this format with the audio just jumping around a bit mm-hmm. with the visual but i've got so much more i want to ask so mm-hmm. um I've, I've managed to cram as much as, in as i can but well, um, be, I'll get, don't worry you'll all get do an email time. at some point i'd be happy to do this again <laughs> at some point Sure. Yes, yeah, I'd love to. I'm glad you said that. Sounds okay. good. Mm-hmm. I was going to pester you by email, but uh, <laughs> you said that. I said, I've got loads yes. of questions to ask you guys. I'm just a very awkward, nervous person, so it takes me a while to get warmed up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, next time, Chantel, can you chair it then next time? Oh, oh yeah, no. <laughs> oh, please. We'll leave Ariel in charge. She's really good at all this stuff. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> do you know what? That's... Whoever whoever does it has to dress up. If you if you do it, you have to dress up as Lady Justice with a and a oh so somebody mentioned to me the other day that I know what I'm getting you for Christmas I'm getting you a Lady Justice uh, like thing I was just like oh yeah it's great and he was just like so that way you can clobber the guy that keeps giving you death threats and I was like oh yeah <laughs> with a gavel <laughs> <laughs> well thank you Brilliant. you're all wonderful and I love you all oh, okay. thank you all right. I love you too thank, thank you. you bye for now bye bye, bye. bye. bye.